This is Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Simply Real Estate here on News Talk 1010. I am Todd C. Slater. So, I'm going to ask everyone a question, and I would love to get your calls. Have you ever been in a multiple offer situation? Did you win or did you lose? So you know what? If you want, you can call me here, 416-872-1010, or text us at 71010. So that's a big question because there's a lot of people out there that have been trying to buy a home, but they keep losing in competition. Well, you know what? I want to hear your story. I want to be able to talk about it. And maybe we can give you a solution next time if you're in a competition or a competing offer that you will win. Because guess what? Somebody always does. But let's talk about what is happening in the marketplace right now. Of course, we're always busy. We see a lot of things going on in Toronto. The rest of the market, the rest of the world seems to be doing okay in real estate. But what about interest rates? What's going to happen with interest rates? You know, when we hear all the announcements out of the U.S. that the Fed are finally going to increase the rates in the U.S., okay, maybe that's going to happen. Maybe December is going to be the time where they finally bump up interest rates. But Canada is not there yet. In fact, it, they've been telling us that 2016 is probably going to remain at the same level. So does that mean you should be jumping into the fray? Should you be renewing your mortgage or should you wait? Well, if we take a look at today's posted rates and what people are getting as far as a deal, we're starting to see things such as 25 2.6% for five-year fixed mortgages. And then we start taking a look at some variables. Variable rates, wow, below 2%, 1.89% on a variable rate mortgage. So do you want to jump into getting a fixed rate mortgage? Well, if you can handle the ups and downs of the market, variables have always worked out better in the long run. So I think interest rates are probably going to remain pretty low for the next, I would say, 18 months. So if you've been sitting on the fence and you've been thinking of buying, probably now is the time to do it. Now, remember, I've got a question out there for you. Multiple offers. Have you been in one? Well, I'd love to hear your story. You can call me here, 416-872-1010. And I want to talk about your experience. So give me a call and we can chat about that. Now, the other thing that's big this week, really big, is the fact that people are talking about Caledon. Now, for those of you that don't know where Caledon is, it is just north of Brampton. And what's happening up there is that their development for most people has been too slow. We take a look at Peel, the Peel region, and Caledon is part of it. And when we take a look at this marketplace, Caledon has not been developing. So if you're thinking of buying an investment property, hey, you may want to turn around and take a look at Caledon if you're going to buy some land because they're going to open it up. They want to get people more involved in Caledon. And if they start forcing Caledon to grow quicker, that means we're going to see a lot more developers up there. There could be some potential happening out there, folks. And Caledon may be the brand new heated market that's going to explode, just like Mississauga and Brampton did in the last 20 years. For those of you that have been thinking about Mississauga, just so you know, there is no land left to develop in Mississauga. Everything's got to be infill or we're going up. Now, when we take a look at Brampton, there's some areas that have been committed to and there's not much left. 
you look at Oakville, same thing. So where is everybody going to grow? Where, where are the developers going to start building more and more properties? Well, I think it's going to be Caledon once they take the gloves off. And if they do, again, you're going to see more and more growth. Eventually, I think that the GTA will be part of Barrie, or Barrie will become part of the GTA all the way up. And we're going to see more and more development going on. So again, we're going to see continued growth. But what I keep asking the main question about multiple offers, do you know that we actually keep seeing them? So I've got a question now and I've got a caller. Hi, Don. I think we've got Don on the line. Uh, Tom? Uh, hi, Don. It's Todd here. Oh, Todd, is it? I'm sorry. Yeah, no problem. Todd, I've got a, a, a real estate situation. I've got, um, I'm an executor to a, um, a real estate uh, uh, mother-in-law who died yes and i'm wondering about the principal dwelling whether it should be probated or not okay so one of the things that um if if you're an executor of an estate don you have to always keep in mind that you should be dealing with the estate lawyer mm -hmm. they will normally probate at this time they want to make sure that you have the ability to sell so it's not something you can just put on the market sell and then think the funds can be held so you need to have the will probated prior to turning around and putting it on the marketplace. Okay, now I understand that the will has to be probated, but uh, does the principal dwelling have to be? Well, if if the principal dwelling is part of the actual will, okay, which it should be, there it, should be yes, some, then, then once the will is probated, it will give the ability to sell the property to the estate. So oh, okay. you, will, you will have that ability. So... Oh. So thanks so much for your call, Don. Greatly appreciate it. So we've got Bill on the line for... Uh, Bill, you uh, you had a multiple bid in August, is that right? Uh, yes, it was in August. Okay, and so how did you make out with that? Well, the whole thing leaves you a little uh, feeling like you're, it's a little shady because we walked in, the house was in the uh, Scarborough, Pickering, Rougemont area. Uh, all the houses are million-dollar homes, but there's a couple pockets of regular homes there. Um, the house sold for 479. We offered within. Uh, we offered at 515, and we were the first of three to present. And the first thing the real estate agent said was, "Oh, great! Thanks for your offer. Can you come up?" Wow. Okay. And and this was because you were right out of the gate first offer. We were the first of three. So then she took all the three offers, and then she uh, moseyed out of the house and said, "Oh, the offers are uh, uh, very very close." Uh, uh, can you give us your best and final? So we went up another 10. Um, the lady who ended up uh, buying the house, I think paid uh, like 550 was fist pumping in the front of the house with the real estate agent. They were so proud of themselves. And I thought, well, they needed a new kitchen, didn't have a finished basement, go to her. Well, you know, Bill, this is not an uncommon story. And you know what? You might have gotten off lucky by not getting the property. Yeah, I think so. We and... got a beautiful home, beautiful home in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Ajax and uh excellent. excellent well congratulations and 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 folks just so you know when we when we take a look at multiple offers in a situation like bills here this happens a lot okay a, there always is going to be a loser but when you come up you have to know where your benchmark is and obviously bill knew where his was and it just wasn't good enough but that's okay because you know what somebody who did decide to overpay at that amount i mean you know, you're basically looking at about $70,000 over the asking price. And not all offers have to be hundreds of thousands of dollars over the asking price. This is one of the things that, you know, when we talk about multiple offers, and for those of you that get yourself in a situation, always know your maximum dollar. But 
I think the most important lesson here is know what the real value of the property is. You have to do so much homework going into a multiple offer. You have to take the motion out of it. And this is, again, fortunately for Bill, he didn't turn around and try to compete against somebody else. He was actually just competing with himself. And that's the better way when you're talking about a multiple offer. So, you know, folks, when I, when I try to advise people, when you want to buy a property, make sure you focus on what you can afford, not what you have to come to to get the property. There's always that chance that you're going to turn around, you get really passionate about a house. And my producer, uh, Ian Grant, all of you, if you've been listening over the last few years, you know, we were talking in the summer about multiple offers and Ian, Ian turned around and found the perfect home four times. But yet now him and his family are in their home and they love it. And this happens, you know, everybody turns around, everybody ends up, if you have 80 people bidding on a property, no offense, but there's 79 losers, okay? And I know that sounds pretty harsh, but only one person can win in a multiple offer. And when we have that situation, you gotta accept the facts. You may not be the buyer, but you will find a home and normally the right home will find you. So when you're out there looking, make sure you do your homework. This is so important in a multiple offer. You know, one of the things that you have to make sure you do is get pre-qualified. It's not that difficult. And of course, you want to give, have all the facts and figures ready for your lender so you can get a proper qualification. Now, today we're talking about multiple offers. The number here is 416-872-1010. I want to know some of the experiences that people have had. I want to know for somebody that has won and they feel good about it. If there's anybody out there that has actually won in a multiple offer, and multiple meaning a lot of people you were competing against, and you feel good about it, let us know. Because most of the stories we hear are actually the ones that turn around and tell us, no, nah, I'm not so happy, you know, you know, I overpaid. We had, a, we had a caller a while back called in, and he turned around and said, it was the worst mistake I ever made. I turned around, overpaid on the property by $100,000. I won, but I feel like the loser. And you know what? That will happen. You never want to turn around, wake up the next morning and feel like you overpaid for something. So again, I want, uh, I want you to pick up the phone if you can tell me about a multiple offer situation that you've been in or even a friend or family member and share it with us. We've got a lot to talk about today. I'm going to be talking more about interest rates. I'm going to be talking a lot about what's going on in the market. You know, it's interesting because there's never a, a, a quiet week in real estate. And this is one of the things that we've got to focus on. There's so much out there. And how about agents? When we come back, I'm going to find out, what do you think? Are there agents out there that are specific for the high-end homes? Or are there out, people out there that can actually turn around and take care of the lower-priced homes? When we come back, but it's now 4.15 and it's time for News Talk 1010 Time Saver Traffic.
And good afternoon and welcome back. You're listening to Simple Real Estate and I am Todd C. Slater. Um, before I go any further, I just want to give a shout out to my little daughter. I believe she's tried to tune in and hi Lizzie, I love you and I hope you're listening. So we're talking about multiple offers. If you've got a story for us, 416-872-1010. Would love to hear your story. Of course, you can text us here. Regular texting rates apply, 71010. Now, we've got an agent on the phone, and it is Walid. Walid, hi. Welcome to the show. Hi, Todd. So you, uh, you want to tell us a story about a bully offer? Well, uh, let me first say, in the last 60 days or so, I have been in a position where I was representing a buyer where we were one of 10 offers in a bidding war where we lost but came close. I have also orchestrated a bidding war for my sellers where we had two offers come in. We ended up selling the house, and it was a world record uh, for that street. And uh, tomorrow, it appears to be that I'll be taking a first-time couple and in order to avoid a bidding war, my plan is to go in and put in a bully offer just to try to circumvent that whole process. Okay, so Waleed, maybe for our listeners, you want to tell us your version of what a bully offer is. Okay, so normally um, a listing agent, the one representing the seller, in an effort to try to get the most for their buy, for their sellers, they try to hold back offers for a certain date and time where they want to bring in everyone in at the same time and get them to fight over the property. Yep. A bully, now, a bully offer is when someone like me wants to come in before that time and says something like, well, here, here's our price, take it or leave it. And, uh, you know, we, we, we come in with our best foot forward and hope for the best. Okay, so um, folks, I'm going to I'm going to clarify something that Walid is telling us about bully offers, and and I think that we need a little bit of clarity. Under the Toronto Real Estate Board rules, in fact, under RICO, the only way people are allowed to have a delay in an offer is that a seller must sign a letter indicating that they are holding off and accepting or reviewing offers. Okay. So by being able to create this multiple offer situation, as the agent had just mentioned, and this happens for most, most people, is the fact that they want to create a multiple offer. So they'll turn around and they'll say, this is when showings are allowed, but we will not entertain or review an offer um, until this date. Now, by law, that has to be signed by a seller, okay? It has to be indicated. Agents just don't, cannot arbitrarily turn around and say, this is what's the case. It has to be the right of the seller to do this. Now, in the situation of a bully offer, what they're trying to do is they're trying to show someone an offer that's attractive enough that they will accept it. But there is a problem here because if the seller has to put this in writing, they cannot entertain the bully offer. So, Waleed, thanks for the phone call. But one of the things that people have to understand is that if it is in writing, then they cannot undo it because then that's unfair to the people that are actually looking at the property and setting up for that time frame. So you can't turn around and do a bait and switch. You cannot turn around and say, we're going to look at offers one week from now. 
and then all of a sudden accept an offer unless it's disclosed or if they had not signed this letter indicating that they had to delay. So great point. So now we've got Tony. Tony, hi, welcome to the show. Hey, Todd, how are you this afternoon? Good, thanks. How are you? Good. I wonder if you've just sort of answered my question. My wife and I are starting to think about um, downsizing, so I'm, we're starting to pay a little more attention to what's going on around us, and we've really started to notice the phenomenon of coming soon on the, <laughs> on the real estate boards. And I'm wondering, is that kind of what you've just described then, is that they're saying, look, you can come and have a look, but... Uh, sort of like look but don't touch kind of deal right now? No, actually, you know, thanks, uh, thanks, Tony. That's actually, you know, it, it's a great point that you bring up because I've actually seen more and more of these signs driving around. And typically what is happening and what will happen is sometimes an agent will take what they call an exclusive listing. And what that allows them to do is it allows them to turn around and put a sign on the property and do exactly what you're indicating, coming soon. But what they'll do is they'll wait for a certain time period, try to get enough interest for themselves to sell it. So an exclusive listing means that it is only unique to that brokerage. Now, if they turn around and put it on the MLS, then they basically have to allow showings from a certain date and then they indicate when they will start to entertain offers. So Tony, have you, have you put your house on the market yet or are you thinking about it? We're still thinking about it. We're not sure. We think we want to get a little further outside the city. We're not sure if we want to go further east or west, though. We're, we're actually in Pickering right now. Right. But, um, I mean, just this, just today, driving around in Pickering, getting some chores done, the open house signs are really proliferating, and I'm not sure if that I, – I suspect that let's get them in before the snow flies, but um, seems to be heating up in Pickering anyway. So, no, we haven't put anything on yet. We're waiting uh, – we're waiting for number one daughter to uh, finish her schooling and then uh, woohoo! There you go. <laughs> so, so Tony, one of the things I'm going to tell you that I, I would advise you to do is that if, you, if you're not in a hurry, so there's no pressure to actually do the move, then I would definitely wait for the spring market. Because as a seller, that is going to be the time where you're going to get the highest price. And on top of that, be prepared to move in the summertime because most people want to move in the summer so the kids are ready to go back to school in September. So anyways, thanks for the call and good luck. I, uh, you know, I wish you well when you do put your house in the market. But folks, you know, it's a great point that actually Tony had mentioned is that I have watched so many signs that, you know, they, they pop up and again, coming soon or, you know, you know, can't wait, this kind of thing. When you are dealing with real estate, when it's listed properly, one of the things that we have to be very cautious of is, you know, is there a bait and switch? Well, if the agents are doing it correctly, they will either have an exclusive listing. If it's an MLS listing, whatever the rule, whatever they've decided to change, they have to indicate both on the listing and to the listing office. So then you can find exactly what the rules are that you have to follow for an offer. For instance, will not present offers until this date after this time. You know, you that that is what they've indicated you must realize. So when we take a look at something like this, it's so important that you know what you're dealing with. Don't go in blindly. Ask lots of questions. When can we when can we look at the property? How long has it been on the market? When can we turn around and present our offer? And how is the offer presented? Anyways, you're listening to News Talk 1010, and we are going to come back right after this. So stay with us. We'll be right back.
It's 4.30 and it's time for News Talk 1010 Time Saver Traffic. Simply Real Estate continues with Todd C. Slater, News Talk 1010. And welcome back. Well, we've had some great calls so far today. And if you have been involved in a multiple offer, I'd love to hear from you. 416-872-1010. You know, the funny thing about multiple offers, as I've said time and time again, there is less winners than there are losers. There's only one winner in a multiple offer, and normally it is the seller. You know, it's kind of funny. A lot of people think that when they're a buyer and they max out that number and they win, they sometimes feel like the winner, but a lot of people also feel like the loser, like they overpaid. But the one person in the ultimate, in the end, normally is the seller. They're the ones who've maxed out their dollar. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of that in today's market especially if you're in certain neighborhoods where maybe, you know, a house comes up only every once in a while, you're not in an area that's, you know, totally brand new and there's a lot of options. Sometimes a, a marketplace will only have a couple of homes per year and people are ready to jump through hoops. And if you're a seller, you're in a great place. So we've got another caller on the line and it's Yidish. And hi, Yidish, how are you? Hey, I'm great, thanks. How are you? Good. Welcome to Simply Real Estate. So Thank I understand you. you're thinking of moving to Hamilton, is that correct? Hamilton area, um, n- not sure about what part of that area, so maybe one of the suburbs surrounding it. Okay. And so I guess your, your question is, um, how long should you rent uh, before you buy? Is that right? Correct. Uh, and then this is a little off topic. I uh, apologize for that. Um, I'll be a, a first-time uh, homeowner with my significant other, uh, looking to enter into full-time career for the first time. So we're wondering how long should we look to rent, given that we're, we're building up income, versus uh, looking to start to buy in that area, uh, the Hamilton area, um, or around it. Sure. Okay. Well, you know, that's a great question because a lot of people, you know, when they start talking about buying, you know, when is the best time to buy? And, you you know, you've mentioned something that's very, very important is the fact that, you know, now you're building on income and, and really jobs. And one of the things that I, you know, a lot of people are going to have to be asked is this, when a lender is going to lend you money, they have to see security. So one of the first things is, have you ever gone out and got a pre-approval for a mortgage yet? Uh, no, I've not. You haven't. Okay. So one of the things that I think you should do is pick a lender. Okay. I'm not going to tell you who to use because everybody, you know, has their own own bank or own lender they like to use. But go through the process of getting what they call a pre-approval. And what they're going to do is they're going to teach you about the criteria that you're going to have to meet when it comes time to actually buy a property. 
So first and foremost, ask them, you know, what kind of level of income should I be at? How long should I be at a job? You know, what are you going to require? If you're working for a company, you know, T4s, if you're self-employed, they're going to ask for a notice of assessment. So NOAs, things like that. So get yourself into a position now, understanding what you have to hand them when it comes time to buy. And, you know, they may turn around and say, listen, you know, you've got to work on your credit for the next year. So great. Now, you know, you've got some homework, go away, do it. And a year from now, you know, you go back to them and say, okay, we're looking at buying. What can we be pre-approved for? So get a number that is both comfortable for you and your spouse, as well as what you don't feel is going to be too stressful. So my advice is First and foremost, go through a pre-approval process and find out and get give yourself an idea of a target that you can reach. So I hope that answers your question. Thank you so much. Okay. Yes, Thank Thanks you. so much for calling in. So, you know, folks, when we talk about situations just like this gentleman, is that how do you know what you can afford? You know, so many people, they turn around and because of the internet is so active nowadays, they go online and they automatically go to the, the, one of the banks and they say, you know, put in your income, put in your debt, put in this. And all of a sudden they say, hey, congratulations, you can be approved for a $600,000 mortgage. But really, can you? You know what? When you start crossing the T's, dotting all the I's, sometimes it's not that high. So this is why I always tell you, go to a lender and get a pre-approval. Before you go out buying, before you waste an agent's time looking at properties, make sure you go out and figure out what you can truly afford and figure out if that is a comfort level for you. For those of you that have just tuned in, I'm Todd C. Slater, and you're listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010, and I'm taking calls with people that have actually been in a multiple offer situation. Have you won or have you lost? Well, give me a shout, 416-872-1010. Or of course, you can text me right here at 71010. So when we talk about multiple offers, who's the winner? Who's the loser? Well, there's some of you out there that, of course, that have lost and some of you that have won. I want to hear from both of you. I want to get an idea, you know, how many people have been left slighted and finally said, hey, listen, I do not want to buy a property if I'm going to have to go through this. Now, we were talking earlier about interest rates and where are they going to go? I think we're looking at a pretty solid market over the next 18 months. If we have increases, it's going to be very slow. In other words, the Bank of Canada is not going to come in, swing a huge hammer and do a 1% increase. It would be devastating for the market. So when we start to see interest rates climb up a little, this is the time where no matter what, if you're thinking of buying, lock in your rate. Get your commitment from your bank. This is so important that you do this because the one thing you don't want to be is left behind. Five-year rates sitting at around 2.5% are incredible. This will allow you over a five-year period to be able to pay off more than 15% of the mortgage. Because on the average 25-year amortization on any mortgage, you actually pay off about 3% of the mortgage every single year. Now, that's a pretty good number. Most people sit there and say, well, that doesn't seem like that much. But 15% less in five years, your mortgage has gone down. And if the market continues to go up even just a little bit, you're going to see a nice increase in your equity. And equity is that thing that is so important when you own a property.
Now, what is 2016 going to look like? You know, a lot of people are saying, hey, Todd, it's coming near the end of the year. You know, what is 2016 going to look like? Right now, we probably are going to see stable growth in some of the markets. And if you've been listening to me over the last few months, you've heard me use the expression, we have a split marketplace. So what we have is we have the condominium market here in Toronto, which is a lot of the new stuff that's been built. And of course, then we have the desirable areas, the ones that only a couple of properties come up throughout the year. And this is one of the reasons why we saw the Vancouver market spike. There just is not any inventory. But when we take a look at, you know, a market like the GTA, it's split. Meaning that there's the properties that are up over a million dollars and there's not very many of them. So this is why people are in multiple offers. But then again, we've also got the marketplace that we're probably going to hit a saturation point. Now, I don't think we're going to see that collapse that, you know, some naysayers are going about. In fact, I think most of the time it's just sells more newspapers when they turn around and they come up with some of this information. You know, it's pretty bad to have a headline that says, yeah, the market's just going to soften. Or does it sound a lot better when it say, it's going to be a crash. Wait a minute, it's going to crash. I mean, how many newspapers can you sell, sell when somebody says it's going to be a soft landing? Not a lot. But if you predict an absolute catastrophic, you know, crash of a marketplace, everybody's going to read it. So I take a look at the market and I say, okay, how can a crash happen? It can't happen in the million dollar price range because those people are not necessarily, you know, the the people that they're saying are coming in from out of country, just throwing money into Canada so that they can turn around blindly and make money and leave. In fact, the majority of the properties that are being bought in the Toronto area are actually people that are local. We don't see a huge population from, let's say, China or India buying multiple properties and doing a quick flip. We are seeing people move their families here. They're living here. They're taking on mortgages. So unlike the Vancouver market, where we see a huge Asian influence, but again, these people aren't there to flip the properties. They're actually there to live. So how do markets get adjusted? Well, again, if people are borrowing too much money on the actual property, that's where you had that subprime meltdown in the US. But fortunately in Canada, we have rules and regulations. And the rules dictate that we cannot over leverage a property. You cannot leverage a property over 100%. So that's really important. Now, we're going to go to break now. And it is going to be, we'll be right back after this.
It's 4.45 and time for News Talk 1010 Time Saver Traffic. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. And welcome back. We're talking multiple offers here on News Talk 1010, Simply Real Estate. So uh, on our chat board, uh, I had one that uh, came in that said, lost in multiple because other offers put no conditions, not even a home inspection. Folks, that's how people win and then regret. That I got to tell you, because this happens all the time. And thanks for that text, because that is one that has been actually the way that people win multiple offers. But keep in mind one thing that's so important. If there is a timeline for offers, so let's say it's a week in advance, one of the things you can do is you can request to do a home inspection prior to the offer date. And the one thing I'm going to tell you, and this is the law, never, ever buy a property without an inspection. So if you really set on this property, then do it before you put the offer in, okay? Do not risk buying a property without a home inspection, especially if it's an older property. You never know what you're going to get. And that's one of the concerns when people are in multiple offers. You know, they just blindly go in and say, hey, no matter what, you know, I don't see anything. And then all of a sudden you find mold, you've got issues, foundation issues. There are so many things. And without a professional inspection, you can run into a lot of properties. So do me a favor. The one thing you've got to do is stick by your guns. If you're going to go firm, meaning a firm offer on the day of offer, make sure you've had a home inspection done previously. Now, you know, one of the things that we talk a lot here on the show, of course, is investment real estate. And for those of you that have tuned in over the last few years, you know that we run a thing called the Simple Seminar. And this is part of an education that we put out there for people. And we've got one coming up this Thursday, November the 26th at 7 p.m. at the Mississauga Convention Center. And I talk a lot about investment real estate, not just what people can buy from us, which, by the way, we've got a brand new release that people will have the ability to be able to purchase in the near future. But on top of that, we talk a lot about the reason for buying investment real estate, how to buy it, where to buy it, how to find the right tenant. Have you ever thought, how do you find the right tenant in real estate? How do you find them? Where do you find them? And how do you keep them? Well, that's really the secret to owning investment real estate. And that's one of those things that we will be covering at the Simple Seminar. Again, it's this Thursday. If you want to sign up, you can turn around and go to thesimpleinvestor.com and you can register whenever you wish. But again, it's going to be this Thursday, November 26th at 7 p.m. So today we've been talking about multiple offers. And you know what? We've had some great calls. And 
a couple people have lost, and that's going to be pretty much a natural because if you're looking at 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 people offering, somebody's got to lose. Now, when I hear things such as, you know, the multiple offers, there was one or, sorry, there was two or three offers. What's that, what is that telling you? It tells you that those properties, maybe there's not as much heat in the neighborhood. So when we have listeners talking about Ajax or Kitchener or, or Hamilton, there are multiple offers in just about every single marketplace, but they're not the same. So a 70 offer or a three offer, no matter what, Never go beyond what you are willing to spend. It's so important. And if we've got a couple minutes left, if you want to tell us your story of your multiple offer, 416-872-1010. And you know what? If you can get in under the wire, we want to hear about your story. Now, of course, one of the things that I was talking about uh, earlier was about agents, real estate agents. And there's a lot of them. Um, in the GTA area, almost 50,000 of them. And when we take a look at that, that's a lot of options. So how do you pick the right agent? And what happens when an agent starts to get better? They've been in the business a long time. They've had great success. What do they do? Well, in a lot of cases, they move up into a higher price range. And so what we find is a lot of agents start specializing in the million-dollar price range of homes. They keep moving up and moving up. And that's a lot of times because they've gone up with their clients. If they started in the early days and they were working with first-time home buyers, you know, 15, 20 years later, that client might have bought two or three properties from them, and all of a sudden they're in the million-dollar price range. So how do you get a really good agent when you're a first-time home buyer? You know, that's really important because those are the ones, and really, they need to have the experience to take you through the ropes of buying. So if you're a first-time homebuyer, how do you find that agent? Well, one of the things that I would suggest is, first of all, do your homework. You know, you can go online, you can get people to refer you. But when you go to interview an agent, and you should, if you're going to look at being a buyer, also interview. Now, a lot of people don't realize that you, uh, that, you know, when you're a buyer, when you're an actual buyer, you can interview an agent to be your buyer agent. See, most people will interview agents to list their home. But as a buyer, you have the same right. You want to get the best person working for you. So put together a list, and the list should have a couple of things. First of all, how many first-time home buyers have they represented? Can you talk to a few of their past clients? And you want to make sure that they've been doing it recently. So you know what? If they've had a first-time home buyer, you know, three, four in the last couple of months, and let's say a couple last year, make sure you can actually talk to them. Ideally, if you're working with somebody, you want somebody that does more than a couple of deals a year. The people that are in it full time, you want to know that they're able to work evenings, during the day, during the mornings. When a property comes up to be shown, you want to have access to your agent. If they have another career and are a realtor, those are the ones I'm not going to recommend you use. Because I'm talking to you, the person that needs to be represented the best. And so you want to work with a full-time agent, somebody that only does this to make a living. When you go with a professional, you're going to get the best representation. But more importantly, if you're working in an area in other words, let's say you pick on an area like Etobicoke. You want to go with somebody that has a lot of experience in that pocket. Make sure they know, you know the developments. Make sure they know townhomes. Make sure they know the buildings. Go with the people that have the experience. 
This is going to give you the best representation. They're also going to advise you of the strengths and weaknesses of something you're going to buy. The most important thing is you want to have access to the agent that is doing the offer. In other words, once you've established a relationship with them, they are the ones who will finish the transaction with you. You don't want to be passed around. This is way too serious for you to take a, you know, just a leap of faith and maybe not end up with the best result. So when we take a look at buying your first home, make sure that you've got the right person working for you. Now, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, we've got a seminar coming up. It is the Simple Seminar, November 26th. If you want to sign up for it, you go to thesimpleinvestor.com and you can register today. And we've got, you know, this is the last one of the year, by the way. Uh, we normally don't do one in December because nobody's around. So again, it's the last seminar of 2015. So Chris, um, I, we've got a call and you did go through multiple offers. Hi, Chris. Hi there, Chris. How are you? Welcome to Simply Good. Real Estate. Thanks. So you did go, you did, you did get the house or did you lose the house? Well, we did, we went through, five, uh, basically looked at five houses, uh, went through multiple offer situations on all of them. And then on the sixth house, we finally did get one. <laughs> and, and was, did it end up being the right house, Chris? Yeah, we really, we really love the house that we're in now. But, um, you know, sometimes, um, at least in certain areas, it, this was in the High Park area, but we, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people will list their houses lower than probably the value really is just to spur on more offers. So even though we did end up paying more than the list price, we felt that it was right around what the value of the house really, really was. Yep. Yeah, that's very common, Chris. And um, and you know what? Going through five, but you kept the faith and you ended up getting the six. So congratulations. I, I hope you and your family really enjoy your house. Yeah, it's a great house. We love it. Excellent. Well, thanks thanks for your call today. And folks, just so you know, that situation is very common where you hear the price is much lower than the actual value. And of course, that is to spur on multiple offers like the, the situation that Chris had. And when we take a look at a situation like that, you know, Understand the market. Make sure you do your homework. Make sure your agent does the homework for you. You want to know where the value is in the neighborhood. Don't just take a look at an offer or a list price and say, that's it. You know, in that a situation like that, you know, in the High Park area, I've seen properties that, you know, are worth over a million dollars. They turn around, they list them at 600000 You know that they're trying to force multiple offers in that scenario. They go over, you know, they go over 1.1, even though it's worth a million dollars. In, in, in that case, they are baiting everyone to come to a multiple offer situation and get more people bidding. This is where you and your agent have to understand your marketplace, make sure you do your homework. You know, in, in a situation where somebody's gone through that many offers and lost in competition, but in the end, as you can tell, they got the right home. They're happy. They don't feel they overpaid. They paid what they were willing to. And, you know, that's that's the stories that are out there. You know, not all stories are bad in multiple offers. In fact, in a situation like that, I congratulate, you know, Chris for, for staying with it and actually getting his family and him a home. And it's so important that you understand... Getting a good education in this aspect is so very important. So folks, coming up next week, of course, we're going to be talking more about the marketplace. And I'm going to probably have a special guest on next week. And we're going to be talking about actual businesses and 
some uh, some offices that are going to go up on the market for sale. And how do you list your actual business? So for us here at Simply Real Estate, thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. This is Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010.